Welcome to Lit Poetry, the podcast where we go on a journey of discovery, reading, analyzing, and discussing great poetry from around the world. Poetry is worth it because the reading and writing of poetry is a revolutionary act that has the potential to transform both the reader and our world. Welcome to the Twilight Zone, a place inhabited by the ghosts of former lovers. And the question I have for you now is slowly spinning into focus. Spinning and spinning, round and around, on the great big wheel of love and loss. And the question is, will you remember your lover after they die? Or will you forget... And if you do forget, will you at least remember to remember your lover from time to time? Or will you forget to remember to remember them? And if you forget again, will you try to remember to remember to remember them? Oh my god, I just need to stop with all these infernal questions about remembering. I'm starting to sound like a record skipping on repeat. Skipping on repeat. Skipping on so repeat. let's spin the wheel again. Here it goes, round and round, spinning, spinning, and spinning into view, and it's stopping. Oh, thank God, it's not a question this time. It stopped on the name of a poem by Christina Rossetti, entitled, oh, you guessed it, Remember. And that's our poem for this week on the Lip Poetry Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. So sit back, relax, and allow your heads to stop spinning And take a listen. This poem is read to you by the wonderful Rosamund Pike. Remember me when I am gone away. Gone far away into the silent land. When you can no more hold me by the hand. Nor I half turn to go, yet turning stay. Remember me when no more day by day you tell me of our future that you planned. Only remember me. You understand it will be late to counsel then or pray. Yet if you should forget me for a while and afterwards remember, do not grieve. For if the darkness and corruption leave a vestige of the thoughts that once I had, better by far you should forget and smile than that you should remember and be sad. Writing throughout the back half of the 19th century, Christina Rossetti was an important poet who grew up fully immersed in the rich, privileged and cultural world of the Victorian period. She was born into an artistic Italian family and her brother, Dante Gabriel Rossetti, was a well-known painter and her father was a respected academic scholar of literature and antiquity. Growing up in England, Rossetti started her own journey towards a career as a poet at an early age and she wrote the poem Remember at the young age of 19. 
While the life of a poet was a difficult road to travel down in the 19th century, Rossetti enjoyed quite a bit of fame and popularity throughout her career. Her long poem, Goblin Market, for example, began a Victorian trend amongst writers of that time for writing rather disturbing and twisted fairy tales. Christina Rossetti was also a notable early feminist writer, with her work often tackling and addressing some of the difficult experiences commonly faced by women living in a strict and claustrophobic male-dominated world of that time. Life for Christina Rossetti, however, was not always easy, and she did suffer from a number of medical ailments in her lifetime. Because Rossetti suffered these illnesses, she developed a rather inward style of poetry writing, and her emotional struggles often influenced the tone of her work. In terms of literary influences, Rossetti was deeply affected by the poetry of Elizabeth Barrett Browning, and some of her contemporaries came to see Rossetti as Browning's heir apparent. Her father's study as a professor of Italian literature was also important in her development and exposed her, at a young age, to some of the great Italian poets like Dante and Petrarch, whose impact can be seen in her great affection for the writing of sonnets, especially in the Italian style. Rossetti's standing as a highly skilled and wonderfully expressive poet has never diminished. To this day, she remains both very popular and very widely studied. Virginia Woolf and Philip Larkin are two writers in particular that were very influenced by her body of work. In the poem Remember, a speaker beseeches her lover to recall her in his memory following her death. Yet the speaker also, rather paradoxically, instructs her lover not to feel guilty if he does forget her from time to time. After all, the actual act of forgetting stuff in our lives is quite natural, commonplace, and it's just bound to happen. Indeed, she comforts herself in the knowledge that as long as she's had an enduring effect on her lover, that it's better for him to move on with his life and be happy, rather than to remember her and be sad. In this way, the poem examines the heartbreaking roller coaster of emotions often associated with grief. For even though the speaker wants to rest in the orbit of her lover forever, she also loves him enough, in a sacrificial sense, that she doesn't want the memory of her to be a burden that is carried by him through his life like a ball and chain of misery. Here, the poem makes the point that, in their shared love, an uplifting residue of her memory will hopefully linger into the future, enough so that it shapes her lover's life into the future in a positive and gentle way, giving him comfort and solace. At the start of the sonnet, the speaker's death comes into focus, as does the fact that the only way left for them to commune with each other is through the use of memory. The speaker describes her demise as a voyage to a silent land, a ghostly location that renders her body and voice ineffectual. The harsh reality is that the two lovers cannot communicate, share plans for the future, give aid to one another, or bring each other the comfort that they each long for. And if memory is all that truly remains, 
The speaker demands that her lover not be constricted and constrained by it. The speaker's hope for the future is contained in the beautiful thought, while dead, that she would continue to be, and I'll quote, a vestige of the thoughts that I once had. An inspiring presence that is forever alive in her lover's mind. Of course, the speaker doesn't go all the way in wishing that her lover can completely disregard her memory and be happy without her forever. Rather, she writes that she pitches him forgetting her for a short while. As perhaps what ultimately matters here is the hope that somehow the connection they share will be able to outlast death. And perhaps, quite paradoxically, this eternal love is sustained across the passage of time. After all, what is this poem but a message from the silent land? The author herself is now dead, and yet the message of love it is communicating persists through time, delivered to us still more than a century later. In other words, a vestige of the thoughts that the poet once had does survive, and we become the receiver of that memory in all its beauty, promise, and hope. So that's it for another episode of the Lit Poetry Podcast. I really hope you enjoyed this week's offering. Of course, if you would like more resources on poetry, feel free to visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. And remember to hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Your support for our work is very much appreciated. We'll finish by listening one last time to the poem. Until next time, I'll see you later. Remember me when I am gone away, gone far away into the silent land, when you can no more hold me by the hand, nor I half turn to go yet turning stay. Remember me when no more day by day you tell me of our future that you planned. Only remember me. You understand it will be late to counsel then or pray. Yet if you should forget me for a while and afterwards remember, do not grieve. For if the darkness and corruption leave a vestige of the thoughts that once I had, better by far you should forget and smile than that you should remember and be sad. You've been listening to the Lit Poetry Podcast, presented by James Laidler. For more podcasts, poetry videos, and other useful resources, visit our website at www.litpoetry.com. Thanks for listening.